We've made it to 20. Oh, yeah, we're here. Episode 20 of the Coys R Us podcast. My name is Joel. I'm in D.C. We've got Jesse back with us from Columbus. And as always, Kim from New York. Memphis now. Memphis. Goodness. Oh, yeah. Goodness. I'm, I'm forgetting you. <laughs> You're like in a different city every time I talk to you. Yes, Memphis. Right. Exactly. How is Memphis? Uh, it's been good. Uh, the uh, the people are nice. The accents are pretty serious. I'm getting used to that, but otherwise, uh, it's exciting. Got the how next. It, how does it differ from? Uh, how does it differ from Columbus? Uh, not as big of a city, um, you know, for one, but uh, diff just different. I think people are really, really nice. The accents are definitely something to get used to. Um, <laughs> You know, neighborhoods a little bit different. I think uh, definitely a lot more music, a lot more mu- music scene here for sure. Um, for my life, I'm working at home, so I'm just you know I'm not seeing anybody besides my wife. I don't know anybody here um, except my wife, so that uh, that part's going to take a little bit of getting used to, which makes pot opportunities extra special. Uh, I was I've been back in Columbus, you know, somewhat regularly, so um, I uh, I was there last week, but uh, the the Spurs bar here a little further than it was for me in Columbus. So I've only been there once um, thus far. And then I don't have kids at this one. So I'll be uh, picking and choosing which games I go to there. But um, excited to be here. Well, if anyone from Memphis Spurs happens to be listening, make sure you flood us with messages specifically aimed at Jesse to uh, to bother him into submission <laughs> so that he ends up joining the OSC uh, in Memphis. Spurs are coming off another win. 2-0 against Everton. Pretty good home win. Uh, we saw a lot of things happen in this game. We saw, number one, uh, another goal from Harry Kane. We saw a Richardson injury, which turned the 3-4-3 into a 3-5-2. Um, and we saw another goal from Pierre Hoybier, who's having quietly <laughs> the best career of his, of his uh, the best season of his career um, in the early parts of the season. So, um, Jesse, I guess we could start with you since you've you've kind of been away from us for a while. What kind of jumped out to you as you were watching the match? It feels like they're starting to to win what actually not what the Internet says is Conte ball, but like what actually is Conte ball a little bit. Um, It feels like they're starting to to win those kinds of ways. Um, I think it was. Not great to see Richie go down, obviously, but even even though they had the three uh, at the front, it felt like we were we were having some more chances. It felt, although we didn't have anything at the half, it felt like a little bit more of an encouraging half. So that was something to look forward to. Um, you know, the the Frankfurt one, it was a nice to see the response. It, it reminded me of a Champions League game back in the Poach era where we went down, I think, I forget who it was, but we went down early. Um, your man ended up coming back and winning like 4-1 or 4-2. So it felt a little bit like we were, okay, it's it's not the world's not over when we're down. We can come back and attack and win. The last 10 minutes was about as spursy as it gets, but the Everton one, just kind of like it was a handling business game. And it does feel like we typically handle business against Everton. Um, like I said, Harry Kane scores again. He seems to always score against this club. Um, which is not, you know, the same Everton that we're used to seeing. They coming into the game had 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 let in the least amount of goals in the league. Um, 
Is it a different type of Everton or is this kind of business as usual? Um, Kim, what did you pick up from our matchup uh, this past Saturday? Yeah, so um, it I, I mean, it's funny that you say like we usually handle business against Everton. But if you look at the last like 10 results, there are a ton of draws there and they beat us in the cup. Um, that was that uh five to four game. That right? game was wild. Yeah. Though. That was a fun five. Four. That's <laughs> as fun as I've had during a loss. I think yeah. in an entire Spurs career, the Davidson brace. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, but like, okay. So we beat them in March five nil at home, but the match before that was Conte's first match nil nil before that two, two in April of, of 2021, the five, four that they beat us in the cup in February of 21, they beat us one nil. I think that might've been the first game of the season in 2020. So like Everton is usually, you know, we might beat them by one goal or we just blow them out the water or it's a draw. So I feel like the results have sort of gone a bunch of different ways against Everton. So it's like sometimes hard to me. That's one of those hard. It's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen. Um, but I going into it, obviously I said one nil, you said two nil. We thought we'd be able to prevent them from scoring. The thing that they haven't done much this year is score. Um, but they've also, you know, been pretty good at preventing goals. So, um, to me, you know, it, it was a little tough for us to, to actually get a goal. They sat back in a way that, prevented us from from getting too much uh their two center backs um i think on the most part today we're fairly decent um and like so i feel like the people class man i like him yeah i feel like the people we picked out in the previous pod the center backs and onana those were like the three best players for everton on the pitch um but them sitting back allowed us to get a rhythm and so we didn't score in the first half but we were attacking there were shots they might not have all been on goal um that wasn't to me at the the fault of Everton that was more our attackers weren't putting shots on target um so I felt like we even with Richarlison on the pitch we probably could have scored they could have scored as well they had a couple of chances where they got in behind but that's the game it's like Everton played the game that we normally try to play and um that we couldn't play against Everton because they were sitting behind the ball so they weren't really like pressing our center backs um they wouldn't press our center backs until we get over how um, uh you know half i don't i'm gonna say half corp but that's basketball the halfway line <laughs> the halfway <laughs> line <laughs> i was like that doesn't sound right um so they wouldn't even press our center backs till we got over the halfway line and then um i felt like our midfielders even with the two sometimes we feel like it's a problem but even with those two they were able to move the ball uh, I just don't think they put it. Everton didn't put enough pressure on us um, in the midfield and um, against our center backs. I literally feel like they played the game that we always complain about is that we sit up on our own box, we defend our own box, and then we sort of let it go in for whatever reason. So um, I thought we were good for the money in that game overall. And then obviously we'll talk about when the three, five, two happened, what happened there. But um yeah, I never really felt like we were going to lose that game. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, kind of the way that they were sitting back. And I think one of the things that I noticed, uh, particularly in the first half, which is, is different than most first halves that we have, is that we we seem to be on the front foot from the very beginning of the game. Uh, we were pretty much dominating possession, which makes sense against a team like Everton, uh, especially considering the way that they sat back. Uh, but we've also 
given up possession against teams like Nottingham Forest. So it, it's not a given that we would do that. And, and I really was impressed with uh, the way that our two in the midfield, Benson Kerr and Hoybier, uh, were playing in, in the way that they were able to kind of step up a little bit more. I think a lot of the narrative of this season has been about the fact that we don't have it. Uh, we're short. We're short in the midfield, and that uh, affects our ability to go forward, uh, particularly when we're depending so heavily on wingbacks. And our primary right wingback uh, is not a great offensive player. Uh, he didn't play against Everton, so that's a part of it. Um, but I also felt like the midfield was a lot more involved. Uh, Hoybier and and Bentekerp in particular was really impressive to me, um, just in the way that he was able to kind of collect the ball, turn it around, move it forward, uh, ping, ping passes forward, uh, and carry the ball himself as well. So uh, hopefully a sign of things to come. The Richarlison injury, they're saying that it's not going to be so bad that he, he'll still be able to play in the World Cup, which is great for him. Um, but he might not play again before that. Um is this awful news or is this perhaps a blessing in disguise? Um, if, if that means we're going to play with a front two or maybe, you know, now that Kulisevsky is, is slated to come back soon, uh, maybe he just gets his spot back and it's no big deal. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. If, if Kulu, if Deki comes back soon, otherwise it's a bit of concern because we don't want to just like part of the upside of, of, of the Deki signing. And then the, for Charleston signing was having depth and flexibility. We haven't fully taken advantage of that yet, but I don't want to just be the, the Sun and Kane show and have them having to play 90 minutes every time before they go and each are the most important person for their World Cup team's hopes. So I, I you know, I think if, if Richie comes back or if uh, Decky comes back, you can stomach Richie a little bit more. I don't think we want to, you know, no one out here wants to see Lucas starting games and playing significant minutes again. Um, and, uh, I don't, I'm a big heel guy. I will die on that Brian heel that he can make an impact in the state in the, in this league, but I don't think he's ready to be starting on the reg if we're trying to keep three in the front. So I'd like him making these little appearances, you know, here and there building up some, some, um, uh, confidence and, and, and getting used to the game. But, uh, short answer, we can stomach for Charleston if, if Decky's coming back soon, but he picked up a knock, didn't he, after recovering something different? So, you know, sometimes these knock pickups don't take, you know, aren't, aren't very serious. So hopefully he'll be back soon and then I think it'll be all right. But I don't want to just have just Son and Kane as the only, um, as excited would be just to have two up front. I don't want to be those two guys as the only option. And if they're not working, then our best choice off the bench is, is Lucas or Heel. I'm sorry. Did you say you would die on that Brian Hill? Is yeah. that what you said? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just want to make sure. You heard it. You heard, yeah. it, right? heard that correctly. Um, great pun. However, I I don't know about this Hill guy, man. Uh, like he's he's definitely entertaining when the ball's at his feet. It feels like something's gonna happen every time. Um, but it, it's 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 giving me a little bit of the Adama Traore vibe, where it's like it feels good, <laughs> but I don't feel confident that anything is going to necessarily happen. I feel like he's, I mean, he's young. I get that. Um, and maybe he'll develop, but right now I just, I just feel like he's just so tiny. Like he just gets shrugged off the ball a little bit too easily for my liking. Um, and I just, the way that the Prem League plays, um, this is, this might sound ridiculous and maybe it is ridiculous, 
but I almost feel like he can enjoy a little bit more joy in Champions League matches when he's playing against non-English clubs because the games tend to be a little bit more um, open in terms of style of play. With a Premier League game, you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, and teams typically play a similar style in terms of the way that they set up. You kind of know how people are going to come at you. Um, and there's just a little bit more aggression in the English game, I feel like, that, like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's too easy to get the ball off of him, and I don't, I, I have a hard time seeing it. I feel like he would thrive in, like, La Liga, you know? Yeah, I, I'd agree with you, Joel, and I think I said as much um, on the pod last week. I think I said that exact thing, is I think he'd probably do really, really well in La Liga and um, and in the Champions League. Like, I think he can play there. Um, but I think in general, the English game, it's probably a little um, a little too tough for him. Um, if he's able to build his strength, um, I definitely think he, he has the skills. Like, he's tricky enough, um, but I, he does have to get stronger. But Conte has been saying, like, he likes what he's seeing from him. And I don't think Conte, like, puts any praise out there if he doesn't really believe it. He's not a guy that just talks to talk, I think, when he talks about players. Usually he'll talk about the bad stuff (laughs) so you'll hear him talk about some bad stuff but he has been saying some more positive things around brian hill and he's probably he's liked what he's seen from him more i think in training um so i do think we end up like if we have to play him i don't think conte is gonna gonna hesitate to play him of course he'll he'd prefer not to have to play him (laughs) but if he has to play him i think he will um it'll be look the kid's definitely gonna get his chances uh and i feel like everybody is uh even spence (laughs) Uh, we saw him come on for for a split second at the end of the match on Saturday. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, I do feel like between the playing a game every three to four days to the cup competitions that are coming between FA and Carabao, then you got the World Cup. Inevitably, somebody's going to get hurt. Like there's just... There's too many factors at play, particularly this season, that I just feel like everybody's going to get their chances. Um, and so, like, I, I I think a lot of the freaking out that people have been doing, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second, um, about, like, the rotations and we're not seeing Spence and why are we still playing Emerson? And, like, everybody's going to play. <laughs> it's October. It's October. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that because I feel like so Spurs fans are forgetting how long a Premier League season in is so long. They play, what, 10 months of the year, nine months. And we're only in month two. So, like, chill out a little bit. Technically, month three. But we had an international break as well. Uh, so I think we've played, what, now, 10 games out of the 38. So we're roughly at about a quarter of the season done. Um Best Premier League start in Spurs history. Seven wins, two draws, one loss for a total of 23 points. Harry Kane has nine goals in 10 games, which is pretty impressive as well. Um, And Conte keeps his uh, undefeated streak against Everton. They they played a stat during the match that he has never lost against Everton um, in the Premier League, whether it was for Spurs or for Chelsea. Uh, and kept another clean sheet against them as well. So good news there. Next up, we've got Man United followed by Newcastle, two teams that played each other to a draw this weekend. Um, So we'll get to that in a second. Uh, But I want to talk a little bit about 
just the state of Spurs, how we look, and just like a little bit about how we look in comparison to the rest of the league. Because I think when I talk about freaking out, I think a lot of Spurs fans are disallowing themselves from enjoying our greatest start in Premier League history (laughs) because they're so worried about the Arsenal. They're so worried about the Man City. They're so worried about we're not good enough to win the league. And I think it's some of the like the PTSD of, of, of years past is just like, if we're winning games, be happy about us. Like, I just don't, I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot to find joy in, right? Like if the only time you're having fun is if you only win the championship, like it's, it's you're going to have a bad time most of the time because only one team wins a championship in any sport. So you've got to find, you know, joy in some of the different things. And, and yeah, like you said, best, best stat in the Premier League, uh, Spurs Premier League history, which is also a little bit of a silly stat at times because there's only what 25, 28 years of Premier League history. So the Spurs and other teams have been around for a hundred years before that, but um, still, that's the modern era. That's a different kind of a game. Well, Jesse, you know nothing before the Premier League matters, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's, that's why Spurs have never won a trophy before. Yeah, Wara trophy. Wara trophy. Third, <laughs> you know, tied tied for second in, in points. Obviously, third in goal differential, but third third um, most uh, most goals scored. Uh, just a couple behind Arsenal and a lot behind City, um, and uh, it's tied for second stingiest defense with a few teams after uh newcastle um and again everton you know not that they're great but we just put two pass and they've only given up 11 goals all year they've had a lot of of low scoring games and so they've held um some good teams they held liverpool scoreless they only gave up one to chelsea um you know they've they've not given i don't think the only people have scored two against them i think all year Our since, man, you and us I yeah so like that's something to yeah. be you know they've 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 been bunkering down and we were able to get two even though one of them was a penalty like that goal was coming for a while they got they got lucky on on a few things of us not being able to finish up that was definitely a, a two goal and a few pickford you know, saves sort of as well to be fair yeah yeah definitely he made a few big saves and so i think that yeah like find the joy in the start we can't control what the end of the season is doing we can't control other teams and how they're doing except for when we play them we had one opportunity to play a team that was in front of us uh, or, you know, one of the teams that's at the top this year. And uh, you know, we lost Arsenal and that was a bummer. And the red card had a huge, huge piece to do with that. I don't know if we would have won anyway, but um, you know, so yeah, I think that like, I I wasn't super surprised the last handful of games has been a more impressive run for, for our main rivals to me, but I think I was texting in our chat and sharing with the Arsenal friends. Like I expected them to win four or five of the first six, or if not all six, because they had a soft, soft schedule to begin with. The last couple, when they beat Liverpool, they beat us. Um, they should have lost to Leeds, or they should have at least drawn with Leeds. Um, so Leeds definitely seemed like they were the better team on uh, on Sunday. But that part wasn't surprising. We knew City's going to be here. If anything, it's it's nice <laughs> that. Um, it's nice that there's a little bit of a buffer uh, over Chelsea right now, though we do have a game in hand and there's a big buffer over Liverpool. So, um, and a good, you know, good size buffer over United. Uh, hopefully we can keep it that way. Should we beat them midweek? But I think there's definitely a lot to be optimistic about and we're in third place. And I don't think any Spurs fan would say that we've reached our peak in, in terms of playing this year. We're not looking as, as good as we did even towards the last year, nice run against Conte, either the first or second, you know, unbeaten runs. And so third place, four points off the top um, and seven points with the game in hand off of fifth place. And we haven't even really looked that good 
like haven't looked great yet. That's a positive thing. That's what good teams, really good teams do is find ways to win. Even if they're not humming, we've had a couple games where we have been humming uh, plenty that we haven't, but we're winning those games. I, I much prefer that to, you know, at, at points in the poach era where it's like, wow, we looked freaking great. Well, we lost three, two, not that we gave up that many goals a lot, but there were times where we looked great. Well, we lost two, one, we lost one. Oh, I'd rather not look great for a little while and, and still be getting good results because you have to do that. You're not going to be even the best teams, even when the city and pool are fighting for hundred points, they had games that were not looking, looking great. Um, but getting results that that's to me, the mark of a team that's going to go far. Yeah. And I think part of the, part of the reason why Spurs fans feel this way is because we're not playing pretty football. We're not playing what is considered the Spurs DNA. Like what, what, and this is as someone who became a Spurs fan four years ago, it was, that was the thing I heard is like, there's a, there's a Spurs way to play football. And basically Mourinho and Conte don't play that way. So like, it's hard to get it's, behind it's to dares to do football, right? It's, yes, exactly. It's fly forward with reckless abandon. Try to score as many <laughs> goals as you can. And if you play a little defense along the way, then that's nice. Then, hey. But um, yeah, Spurs fans want to see goals basically. So I, I think like, I think the, sort of what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. I feel like Spurs fans have gotten a little more have calmed down a little bit in how up and down they were. Like I think us, you know, the draw against Frankfurt, I still think divided a lot of opinion. And I think it took like stepping away from it for like a week to say like, all right, we got to draw away from away from home in the Champions League. That's never a terrible result. We didn't lose. That was the most important thing. And then winning since then has been, I think, and the way we've won, it hasn't just been like we're like hanging on to the seat of our pants, just trying to hold on to a win. We've like controlled some of these games. We've scored in all of these games. We're we're showing a different level than I think we'd shown two weeks ago. Like I'm more confident about this team today than I was about it two weeks ago because I I feel like well said, yeah. We're, yeah, we're actually just like you can see the growth in how players who weren't playing, like you see Basuma come in, immediately do the things that you want him to do. Like he was the last line of midfield defense and he took the ball off Everton players consistently. He was moving the ball. He was, and the thing about Conte is what he said is that the reason he wasn't playing him is because he felt like tactically he wasn't that great off the ball. But I felt like against Everton, he was just in the right place moving the ball along, just doing the stuff that we needed him to do. And seeing both Hoiberg and um, Bentoncourt be so high up the pitch, like the the second goal we scored was a cross from Bentoncourt being all the way on the right wing to Hoiberg playing striker in the box. Like seeing that oh. just shows you the different level that, that these guys can get to. Like they're good enough to play a little further forward. And having that extra midfielder just allows them to say like, all right, let's, let's run forward a little more. And so I felt like part of this game was, I think they, Everton was playing so deep. So they were already, you know, in the midfield consistently. And so when Basuma came on, they're like, all right, let's get in the box. Like, like let's push this forward even more. And so I felt like, you know, um, that three, five, two, I think is good for us. And like I said, I think it just gives us a platform to, to succeed as a team. And it just gives guys the impetus to, to move forward in a way that I feel like they don't really feel, you know, 
as comfortable with when it's the only the two of them. So you'll see one of them push forward, but seeing them both push forward is it, it's just like exciting. Like um, and like Hoiberg, honestly, I I got to give that guy praise because this year he has just been one. He's been like rock solid defensively. He's been all over the place as as we now have the the new chant that's going around. They they picked up the Roy Kent from uh Ted Lasso. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where Hoiberg. So put that out there. Um, new Hoiberg chant. Um, but I feel like he's been everywhere. Um, his goal involvements. Uh, I think he's on like three goals, three assists in Premier League and Champions League. So um, he's already scored more goals in the league than he scored all of, all of last year. Um, so I feel like in general, there's just been um, an improvement in his game. He's looking more like the Denmark Pierre. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really more, like I say, I'm more comfortable with the team overall and, and yeah, we have some injuries, but we've shown that we can, uh, cope with them in a way that I felt like if last year, if Kulisevsky was out, we probably lose. Um, and I don't feel like that this season. Like, yeah, he's definitely important to us to play in that three, four, three. Like, I feel like the, the three, four, three doesn't work as well if Kulisevsky's not in it, but I don't think we're going to lose every game that he's not playing in a way that I probably did last year. Yeah, even when you look at the way that Pierre's goal got scored, um, Everton tried to cross the ball into their own box. Basuma blocks it. <laughs> uh, so just having him there actually helped to create that goal. Um, Kane plays it to Benton Kerr on the wing, and then the ball comes into Hoybier. So it's like the entire midfield is is involved in the way that that goal gets created. Um, I think there's 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 two pieces, right? So one piece of it is... Spurs always bottle it and Spurs have never win anything. And so there's like this certain level of defeatism that I think our fans have adopted. And almost like we've, we've heard it so much from other fans that we just start to believe that it's true. And that, that, that there's really no point in dreaming, which at that point, you know, why even bother watching the games? I think there's also this idea that like, well, we can't win the league anyway. Um, so if we can't win, then, then at least let's just, we just don't want to see Arsenal win, which <laughs> obviously I don't want to see Arsenal win the league either. Do I think we're going to win the league? No, I think City's going to win. Um, do I think we can't win the league? I don't think that either. I mean, right now, us and City have the same amount of points, and I still see them as the favorites. So why not us? I feel like if we stick close um, and just some weird stuff is going to happen. Like I, I keep saying this over and over every week. But I feel like people are forgetting, number one, how long this season is. Number two, the fact that there's going to be a one-month break in the middle of the season for the biggest tournament in the world. Stuff, Something weird is going to happen. Teams are not going to look the same after the break that, that they look right now. They're just not. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to lose their form. Like, just weird stuff is going to happen. And I think the fact that we haven't really found our... 10 out of 10 football yet is not really that big a deal because I would rather us be peaking in March than peaking in October. And then by the time the end of the season rolls around, we're squandering leads and, and, and doing all the things that Arsenal did last year. Um, to that point, I think the other problem with a lot of us Spurs fans, and I, I'm talking to some of you who are listening to this right now, because you know who you are. <laughs> Is that they don't, it's it's almost like they can't enjoy what Spurs are doing unless Arsenal loses too. 
So it's like we win, Arsenal wins, and then the weekend sucks. It's like, no, we still won a game. Like, as long as we get our three points, or even if we get one point, like that point that we got at Stamford Bridge, which I thought was a great point. We're staying close. Like, that's really all we have to do. Stay close. Keep winning. Keep getting points. It's a long season. And I, yeah, I, I do think that our fans, just the last thing I'll say about this is like, I don't, I don't want our podcast to be an Arsenal podcast. I think our fans sometimes spend a little bit too much time worrying about Arsenal, talking about Arsenal, thinking about Arsenal. And I think it's a little weird. It's like, which, which team are you following here? Are you following Spurs? Or are you following the scum? Um, so I, I think part of this is like when you hear Tottenham fans from Tottenham talking about Arsenal, it's like years of ingrained just little brotherism. Yeah. yeah that, and that's exactly what it is. Like we're just getting to the point where we like, I feel like at Tottenham, at least for me, Tottenham is like separate from Arsenal because I've only been a fan for four years. Like Tottenham is Tottenham, Arsenal's Arsenal. They've they've never been better than us since I've been a fan. But for people who have been a fan for their entire lives, Arsenal has been better for Tottenham for more time than Tottenham has been been better for. Of than course. So, I'm, so I feel like there's some of that. I also think it's a little too much of defeatism. But I feel like the Spurs way is to be defeatist. <laughs> I feel like that's like a part of being a Spurs fan is like. I often sometimes hear people say, you're a little too optimistic about this. And I'm like, man, I'm optimistic because we have a good team at this point. Yeah. Like, that, when should you be optimistic when you have a good team? So, yeah. I mean, this so is I a, feel like it's some of that. This is a bit, you know, unintentional cherry picking because I'm just thinking about, okay, we're 10 games in, right? Do you want to remember what happened after 10 games last under season? Under Jose or uh, under Nuno? Which yeah, one? We... Uh, last season, we were in ninth place after losing to Man United and Nuno got fired. And that was a little bit less than a year because that was um, uh, thir- October 30th, 2021. So at that point, you know, we were obviously in a way different situation. So I think, you know, like this, we've lost one game to this point. Last year, we started out 3-0 and then we lost the next five of eight so there's there's a lot not only again like all these things we can look back at any any year in these histories and it's going going to be better um in uh after 10 games for the most part because this is the best start you know in, in a very long time so or ever in the Premier League. so i think like that's a positive like we're looking at where we were even a year ago like we don't have to harken back that far um to to think that like wow this is this was you know this is something that to be excited about something to be, be happy about. And yeah, I think a long time ago when um, I'm a Yankees fan, I grew up in New York, like Joel. And I remember like, it was the worst thing ever when, um, you know, obviously like losing to the Red Sox in 2004 was awful. But then when they went on to, to win, I was like devastated. My uncle was like, who cares? Like if the Yankees didn't win, I don't care who wins. Like it doesn't matter to me. And I was kind of like, well, yeah, I guess why should I let it make me sad if the Yankees didn't win? that's going to bum me out. If, who else? I don't care who else wins. And so easier to say that as a Yankees fan versus a Red Sox, you know, which, which has historically been a, the, 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 the better team for the last 150 years of the Red Sox have been better the last little bit. So get your joy and, get, and, and the happiness from um, your team doing well, rather than your rival doing poorly. A lot easier for me to say not being from born and bred Tottenham, you know, so I get that it's not going to be everybody, but for an American fan, like, 
yeah, of course I hate Arsenal and I hate Chelsea, you know, but I don't, they're going to win good teams. They're good clubs. They're going to win games. They're going to have good seasons that are good. So I don't, you know, focus as much on their demise. The, the Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I mean, the other thing about it is like Arsenal is playing good football, undeniably. They've played 10 games. They won nine of them. There's, There's nothing you could say about that. They beat us pretty convincingly. I, I think anyway, that's up for debate as well. Um, and like, whatever, I think that's fine. For me, I think part of the reason I'm not freaking out is just like, I just don't think they can keep this up. <laughs> and maybe that's the biggest difference between me and other Spurs fans. Like, I think a lot of the freaking out is based on this assumption that like, they're just going to steamroll the rest of the league. And really, uh, they've had two really good wins against us and against who Liverpool. Is that who they beat? Yeah. yeah um, they beat Liverpool. Yeah. So like, okay, that's, that's good. They're a good team. Liverpool's a good team. And so are we, but I don't think that this it's October. <laughs> yeah. It's October. It's, it's true. It's true. If, they're, like- if they're still doing this in March and April, then color me surprised. And, you guys can tell me I'm an idiot and I should have seen it coming and I will take it. I will swallow yeah, I my think, pride. I think well, I thing, just don't see it. I think the thing we'll see with Arsenal is like once they like they've only really started. I feel like Europa League, they Arsenal had a game that was postponed. Um, they had like two weeks off um, from the Queen because they had games postponed in there that no one else did. So I feel like. Arsenal has some catching up to do in terms of uh, fixtures, but they also um, in general have been playing the same team. And I feel like the moment that, you know, a season does what it does and pal hits, um, you know, we're going to see different things. The results might, might be a little different. And honestly, you might want to explain any, what pal is. I don't, I don't uh, know. <laughs> what, what does it stand? I'm sorry. I just like, what does it stand for again? <laughs> so this is, this is a long running joke that, uh, that we have in, in one of our football chats uh, with a bunch of our other friends. It's, it's kind of an assorted bag chat with a bunch of people, different, different friends that, that follow different clubs. And uh, one year, this is probably three or four seasons ago. Um, one of our friends was complaining about, um, oh, the injuries are just affecting my team so much and we can't win because of injuries. And I said, everybody's got injuries, pal. And it just became a running <laughs> joke that now we've just referred to injuries as pal. So it's like, yeah. oh, we've got pal. And it's just it, it's just what it is. So everybody's oh, yeah. going to have pal, you know? It's true. It's true. But, like, the way I look at it is, like, injury. Arsenal did have a little bit of an injury thing uh, right before they played us. And then they kind of got guys back, but like the way I looked at it, I watched uh, the end of that Leeds game. Leeds should have won. <laughs> like Leeds had in the sure. second half, like the entire second half, they had a penalty that was saved. They had numerous shots on target. Like Leeds could have easily won that game. Um, and it, to me, that just showed like Arsenal has a little bit of frailty at the back. Like Gabriel. Mm. You can get at him. He's the guy. He is the guy. I yeah. think on the other side of yeah. him, Ben White. Ben White's pretty solid. He's, he's their surgery right there. But he's definitely <laughs> the guy that, like, you attack him. 
and he's going to do something dumb. Like he, he's either going to let you run by him or he's going to hit you in the box. Like he's been at fault for what could have been. That a guy's a red card waiting to happen. Yeah, definitely. So I'm like, yeah, they have, they have someone in their team that I'm just like, yeah, attack him. And then, you know, if Partey goes to jail at some point, they lose him too. No. <laughs> All right, that's enough about Arsenal. Um, I just I just wanted to, like I said, this is not an Arsenal podcast. This is a Spurs podcast. We watch Spurs. We love Spurs. We root for Spurs. And, of course, we want Arsenal to lose their matches. But if they don't, not a big deal. It's not the end of the season. Nope. And we're going to play them again. They're going to have to come to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or the Googleplex Dome or whatever it's called by the time they, <laughs> they come to play us. And I feel fairly confident that we'll be able to do what we did again last year. So let's just worry about it when that time comes. This is the Coisaris podcast. This is episode 20. 20 episodes. This is a pretty good. I, this is a pretty good feat. You know, we've uh, we, this is an idea. Haters we, say it would never happen. That's why I don't listen to haters. God did. Um, God did. <laughs> uh, we kicked around this idea for a while. You know, um, I remember Jesse bringing it up uh, maybe like two years ago. Um, and so it's cool that we're actually doing this and people are listening and people are following the, the podcast and everybody that's uh, given us a shout or, or mentioned us or talked to us on social media or in person. We appreciate you. Keep listening. Let us know that we're listening so we know we're not just talking to ourselves. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we're going to try to keep it going. Um, you can follow us if you're not already. Um, on Twitter at Coys R Us Podcast. We got some pretty cool photos and videos from this past weekend. Uh, both Kim and myself were out at the Premier League Philly Fan Fest that NBC Sports put on this weekend out in Philadelphia. Um, all that was just packed at Dilworth Park with a bunch of different Premier League fans from all over the East Coast. Um, met a ton of great Spurs fans while we were there from Philadelphia Spurs, South Carolina Spurs, Stamford Spurs, Arlington Spurs, Queen Spurs, DC Spurs, um, Delaware probably, Spurs. Delaware Spurs. They're, they're actually a brand new club. They just became a club today. So shout out to them. Oh, wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Happy yeah. born day, Just Delaware like, Spurs. No, like Spurs fans from everywhere. Like, I think that was the, the most Spurs fans I saw um, at an event that wasn't a game usually like yeah you'll see uh, you know a bunch of Spurs fans at a match but that was the that was the most Spurs fans I've seen in like one place um that was outside of a match so it was really really good time um obviously like I I think I've said I don't know if I've said this on the podcast but to me one of the best things about being a Spurs fan is like the people you meet um 100 percent 100 yeah I always feel like like well I, I always talk about Spurs like a family and I'm like I mean, even you guys, like we became me, obviously me and Joel have been friends for years, but I've, I haven't even met Jesse, but you, you wouldn't be able to know that we have never met each other just based on the love that we have for Spurs and just how much we actually communicate around. Well, you never met him in person. No. <laughs> well, that, oh, yeah. Yes, that's, that's what I mean. We've never actually met in person, but right. like I'm saying the way, the way we talk here, you would never know we didn't. And it's just like, I feel like Spurs fans in general, have like a family atmosphere like you go to different supporters clubs you go to their bars they're always very welcoming and yeah being a Spurs fan is is a, is a dope time definitely so uh, shout out to NBC Sports for putting on that event and shout out to all the the OSCs that I just mentioned uh for having dope members and just 
having a ball with us uh, in a 2-0 win on Saturday. Looking ahead, we've got Man United on Wednesday, followed by Newcastle. I believe the Newcastle game is home. So we've got United at Trafford, and then we've got Newcastle at home on Sunday. Let's start with United. They started the season pretty poorly. Um, People were jokingly referring to Eric Ten Hag as as Eric Ten Games um, because they figured he'd be sacked by now. And then they turned it around. Um, They have quality. Uh, Ten Hag is also a a good coach. He he was going to figure it out. Um, And and it seems like they're starting to click a little bit now. Um, They benched Maguire. They benched Ronaldo. They brought in uh, Anthony from Ajax. And it feels like they're getting a little bit of that Man United juju back. The game's away at Old Trafford, which is going to be a tough matchup. Newcastle is also playing some good football. Um, They held United to a nil-nil draw at Trafford on the weekend. Um, And then they will have to come to Tottenham to play us on Sunday. So maybe let's start with United. Um, Jesse, thinking about United, what what makes you nervous or or what makes you um, optimistic? The the um oops Ronaldo hasn't done a whole lot this year. Oh, here's a hat trick to win the game. <laughs> oh god. That I mean oh, you know, god. he's got yeah. one goal. He's got one goal all year in the league. Uh, and so that's what makes me nervous. Um of just like the oh let me I mean he's still one of the greatest players on the planet, you know, whether he's he's humming or not, and he can he can be deadly. So that stuff makes you nervous. Um, you know, like you said, I think Ten Hogs a good coach. He's, they've got a lot of talent. They're going to figure stuff out. So um, not that they've been bad this year, but, you know, this they could figure it out, you know, or start to really figure it out at any point. So they can always that, – that's a team that can always um, – that can always get you. Um, you know, I think um, less scary of a fixture now than it has been in other times. Famous last words, I guess. But um, – yeah, that there's still a ton of talent there, and uh, and things can uh, things can definitely go wrong. Um, you said this one's at Old Trafford, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I don't remember winning there in a while. Oh, there was a... six one baby, six yeah, that, one right. baby. But that was there was nobody there. That was nobody there. <laughs> um, hey, and the previous I, that, one that will that will live forever in my head. I'm sorry. There was a previous one that that. I remember like I can see the screenshot or see the, the, the cutaway in my head. Uh, it was shortly after Alexi Sanchez went there um, for Mkhitaryan when it was just like a trade with Arsenal and then Spurs beat him three, three nil. And then I remember they just like zoomed in on Alexi Sanchez and he was just like, no, I like it. No, I left Arsenal so I could come to United and beat Spurs. And this, this is what I was reading on his face and Spurs won there two or three. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's still, it's still tough. I mean, even though they've been for them, not great the last 10 years, uh, they had a lead. I forget the other day or late last season. I remember seeing a lead. Maybe it was in our game where they were like, Oh, if, if man United has a, has a lead at home, they haven't lost in like something ridiculous, like 300 games. So we haven't had a lot of halftime leads this year. We could absolutely be down one Oh at half. And not that that's going to, you know, directly those games don't directly impact it, but it, it can be a scary place to play, but I generally feel good. I don't know from the prediction section yet, but I feel like a, like a two, one is something that I would, uh, I would get my prediction for. Lest we forget uh, the, the all important three nil win. I think this is the one that you're referring to uh, 
when when Jose Mourinho went off in the press conference uh, about yes, Spurs beat us three nil, but three yeah. is also how many trophies I have. Yeah, <laughs> no other manager, yeah, no trophies. Respect, man. Respect. Yeah, that, that was it. That was one of that was the one of the first matches I watched as a Spurs fan. Funny enough, uh, that was 2018. I remember because like Lucas Moura had two goals in that game. <laughs> yeah, that was like it was like you didn't you saw those two goals and I think you saw yeah Ajax. Kane at fifty <laughs> it was like Mora fifty two and and Mora again at eighty four yeah it was uh, August eighteen but yeah, yeah United's always tough at home for us and I think it will be tough but like I, there's just there's just something about this team that I feel like like I said they don't they don't break too much. So I don't expect us to get run over by United. Even last year, we didn't get run over by them <laughs> and we had chances to win that game. We just didn't take them. And so my thing is if guys are clinical, then we win. Um, if they're not, if they don't take their chances, then we draw, we lose, but you know, that's why we play the game. Um, but I think it's probably one of the better teams that we take to United and then, then we've probably taken in a while. So um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a fun game. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it turns out. Can I be honest with you guys? I'm pretty yes. nervous about this game. <laughs> um, I've seen United play. I've obviously watched all of our matches this season. Um, I don't feel like they're better than us, but I, I, I'm I'm struggling to exactly put my finger on it, but. Something about this team, uh, especially on the road, I just something feels trap gamey about it. And I also think to your point, like, I think they will give us our chances. I think their defense is also improved without Harry Maguire on the side. Um, so that's something. But their defense doesn't necessarily scare me, uh, although I've seen David De Gea play otherworldly against Spurs. Um, I could still think about a match about uh, four years ago where it seemed like he made every save imaginable um, against us. I also think, you know, you talk about us being clinical, which to be fair, like we really haven't done this season um, from Kane to, well, I mean, Kane has been scoring goals, but thinking about Sonny and Richarlison and Kulisevsky is still a maybe. And uh, I like us seeing and getting goals from, from Hoybier. I don't want us to be reliant on him for the goals, though. Um, no, but secondary scoring is good. Like, we don't need him to be the dude, but if he, if we got anyone else, you know, like obviously, like even having Decky as, as a, as a, as another scorer last year when it wasn't just Hayne and Son, and obviously you need your forwards to score, but like back in the day when, you know, Erickson or Delhi, I guess obviously attacking mids, but like when, when you'd have some people chip in goals, it's the same kind of thing in hockey. Like you need your, you know, some of your your lower line guys, your, your third line guys to be chipping in goals. That makes the team better um, because not every single day is our attack going to have it. So when when Hoiberg can can pop one in, when Benson Gurr can pop one in, when Dyer's got a couple this year too, like so when other dudes can get one in, that's not that you rely on it, but sometimes you accidentally need it. Like if it's nothing's working and those guys can, can do it because they're scoring in a different way, you know, a lot of the times than, um, than our, our main attack is. Yeah. I also, I also think that Anthony kid could play. Um, I, I could see him, I could see him going after it. Um, and to your point about Ronaldo, 
I'd love to see him on the bench. <laughs> he, he last the last couple of times we played him, he, he seemed to have a, a ball against us. So um, it'll be interesting to see, though. Um, I feel like Erickson makes that team tick for real. Oh, in yeah. The way that he did that he did for us. And so he didn't play against Newcastle. He's got some fitness concerns. So it's possible that he doesn't play. And then you see probably like Casemiro alongside Fred or McTominay. I don't know which one they end up going with, but I think that's, that's where like you might see, you know, they don't hold onto the ball as much and they we're going to have, have two in the midfield too, though. So that's true. It's true. It's true. Um, So like I say, it'll be, to me, it'll be interesting tactical battle because Ten Hag is a good coach. Um, I don't think that's, deniable or undeniable i don't know yeah i mean i'm I'm really hoping to see decky come back in um if he can even give us 60 minutes um i think it'll be worthwhile i think he adds so much to the offense uh i think he can have some joy against them um their their back line is not bad um dallow lisandro martinez uh they've got varan back there um I mean, they've they've got a decent defense. Uh, nothing to really call home about, though. Um, so yeah, I feel I, like I've also seen United play like Europa League matches and been like, "You guys can't even score." Like, I that's the one thing about them this year is I don't feel like they're that great at putting the ball in the net. All right, so. you guys, you guys are making me feel a little bit better about this one. That's um, the goal. <laughs> Make everybody feel better. I mean, see, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we draw. Like, I might call a draw because I think being away from home and and like, yeah, I I, I will say this. I'll well, I'll say two two because I feel like yeah. they can score two. We can score two. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go for a two two. I think um, I think that I'll I'll stick with that. Well, I was gonna predict the loss, but now now I might uh I might predict the draw myself. I think it might be one one. Um, something tells me we'll get one goal out of this. I'm just hoping they don't get more than one either. Um, it's tough, but, uh, I'll say, I'll say one, one. All right. After that, we've got Newcastle at home, which I always feel good when we're at home. Um, Newcastle is playing some good stuff. Talking about former Spurs making their club tick. I think, you know, Trippier has been great for them. Um, he's been captain on their side and they're just playing together as a team. I mean, I, I haven't watched a ton of Newcastle, but they seem to be getting results. Um, currently they are sixth in the table, um, only one point behind Manchester United. So, I mean, they've, they've been playing some good stuff. I think we win that game. I feel good. Like I said, whenever we play at home, I think it, you know, that home crowd just gives us a little bit of extra energy. I think it, it creeps and spooks out the away team a little bit too. Um, just that, just the nonstop singing and and that just s- scooping, swoothing s- s- stadium. I'm I'm having a hard time coming up with the right word, but uh, it's big. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I I think we'll we'll have a little bit more joy at home against Newcastle, and I'm gonna say two one. I'm gonna say three one. Yeah, three one. I'm thinking. I'm thinking three one two, and I do think um, one thing that Newcastle will have to contend with that they 
don't normally contend with is that midweek midweek fixture. So I feel like us being at home specifically, them coming off playing, they're going to be playing Everton. So um, Everton's not like I said. Well, we've just played them. They're not an easy team to play. They they might win that game. They might draw that game. Who knows? But they've also got like six draws on the season. So like, you know, I I could see us easily winning. So I'll go three one as well. Um, and yeah, I think having that midweek game is going to be different for a lot of people. We're we're used to it as a team, but when when you get into that and you don't normally play midweek, is different. It is definitely different. Yeah, I mean they've been the last few games. They've been they've been pretty good. I think undefeated in in a few. Um, obviously, tied United, badgered Brentford, um, effed up Fulham. <laughs> tied Burnmouth, tied Palace, hung with hung with Pool. So they're definitely off to a good start. And I'm, you know, I'm worried about the uh the oil money coming in them and, and creating like a, a big seven or whatever, if you will, because that's gonna be you know be coming soon. But they've got some really nice, exciting players. Well, I'll always be grateful to uh to them. I think what was it, Bruno Grimaris who scored the first, or was it Callum Wilson who scored the first against uh against Arsenal um late last year? So um uh, you know, that glorious, glorious game. Yes. Happy for them. Um, uh, not happy enough to thank them enough with to, to drop points. So, um, yeah, I still haven't seen enough of our attacking stuff in the league to, to go more than two. Um, you know, this is in Frankfurt. So I think, uh, I'll go, I'll go two one, uh, again. Um, so I'll go with, uh, with back to back, uh, two ones or one, two United two one, um, versus Newcastle. Well, look, City and Arsenal both have no midweek fixture this week. They were supposed to play each other, actually. Um, but because Arsenal's Europa League game had to get rescheduled, uh, the City-Arsenal game got postponed. So we'll actually have an opportunity to, to, to kind of jump ahead. Uh, they'll have some games in hand, of course. Uh, but I think if we can win against United, uh, despite my prediction, uh, that will give us three points. And then another three against Newcastle. And then, you know, the other teams maybe feel the pressure a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, let's, like I said, all we've got to do is stay close. If they win, if they draw, if they lose, doesn't matter. Focus on Spurs. It's October. We just got to win our games. Come on, you Spurs. And shout out to the OSCs. Come on, you Spurs. Can't say that enough. Shout out to them. Up the Spurs. Let's go.